Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. North and South, chapters 32 to 35. Now I'm going to just um, skim through these chapters really um, because there's a uh, not a whole lot to say other than this big event that occurs. Um, So in the wake of Mrs. Hale's death, um, Margaret accompanies Frederick to the station uh, to see him off and he's going to obviously get the train to London. From there, he's going to get a ship back to Cadiz. And what the element of um, sort of conflict is, is that this guy Leonard's, who used to know Frederick, has been seen by Dixon. Now, um, lo and behold, what happens is Margaret accompanies Frederick to the station and Leonard's is there as well. So he recognises Frederick um, and he grabs onto Frederick. Frederick sort of wrestles with him, um, trips him up and he falls um, down from the platform. Um, And then because he's uh, taken to drunkenness, he later on dies, but they don't know about this and so um margaret says goodbye to frederick um he goes off on the train she goes home and it's only um later that she discovers what has actually happened now to further complicate things thornton um was around the station and saw margaret with frederick Um, And so in Thornton's mind, he believes that Frederick is some kind of lover, someone that Margaret might be engaged to, that she was with at that time. Um, So it's worth saying, firstly, that for a young and married woman, it would not be seen as acceptable for you to be out um, after dark with a gentleman. Your reputation would suffer for that. And so when Thornton sees Margaret with Frederick, he is shocked. Um, Firstly, his own jealousy rises up because he sees that she's very affectionate with him. She's holding his arm. Um, Again, Thornton comes to this conclusion that he must be a lover because he doesn't know that she has a brother. Nobody speaks of Frederick publicly because of what happened with the mutiny. Um, And for Margaret to be outdoors uh, late at night with this gentleman would would certainly be... um, it would give the impression that she was not a kind of innocent young woman. Um, The only women who would be out and about with gentlemen at this kind of hour would probably be prostitutes. Um, So Thornton is completely shocked to see Margaret in this compromising position. But obviously this is then compounded when um, Margaret is... uh, apparently seen by somebody else and her name is given to the police inspector as a witness Um, and the police inspector comes to question Margaret when Thornton is in the house at the same time although he's in a different room with Mr Hale and so this um, uh, situation occurs when Margaret is questioned by the police inspector was she there at the station when this scuffle happened that later led to Leonard's death. Um, And Margaret says, I was not there. 
Um, it says the inspector was daunted by the haughtiness of her manner. Uh, she had a superb air of disdain. And we know Margaret's character well enough by now that she knows how to uh, have that kind of superiority that sort of scares people into accepting her word. And so the police inspector speaks to Thornton, who he meets, just as Thornton leaves the house. The police inspector knows Thornton well, and Thornton's a magistrate anyway, um, and Thornton was the one who recommended him to his position. And he explains that someone has said Margaret Hale was there, but she has denied it. And at this, Thornton now is aware that Margaret was there and that she's lied. And so um, Thornton now has this situation where he realises that Margaret's reputation is going to be publicly at stake here. If there is an inquest and Margaret is called forth um, and questioned on her whereabouts, it will basically stain her reputation in Milton forever. Um, and so Thornton does something uh, great for Margaret, which is to um, basically cancel the inquest. So um, the narrative tells us um, he would save Margaret. He would take the responsibility of preventing the inquest. If he had but foreseen that she would have stained her whiteness by a falsehood, he could have saved her by a word. He would yet do her faithful acts of service of which she should never know. He might despise her, but the woman whom he had once loved should be kept from shame. Um, and he gives a note, there will be no inquest, medical evidence not sufficient to justify it, take no further steps, I've not seen the coroner but I will take the responsibility. Now I'd like to contrast um, Thornton here with Mr Hale who throughout his wife's illness and death took no responsibility whatsoever. Margaret was left to really bear the burden of that all on her own and here's Thornton he sees the situation, he knows that Margaret's lied, but he takes steps to protect her um, and he takes the full responsibility for that. So we see both Margaret and Thornton um, moving further and further away from each other in terms of he believes her to have um, someone else that she loves. She um, realises that he has covered for her and that he knows that she has lied. So she knows in, in his eyes she is basically debased forever. Um, they're, they're, in that sense, they're moving further away from each other. But more than ever, we're seeing that they're willing to sacrifice things for one another. We're seeing Thornton's love for her means that he's protecting her. And we also see the beginning of her realisation for her own feelings for Thornton. Um, the fact that she um, does not like the fact that he thinks that she is compromised. Um, and this is the battle that she, she now faces. She stood as a liar in his eyes. She was a liar, but she had no thought of penitence before God. In Mr Thornton's eyes, she was degraded. And that's the thing that most bothers her. Um, he must have seen that she was disgraced already. Um, and she, she thinks of the irony that Mr Thornton, on whom she had looked down from her imaginary heights till now, she suddenly found herself at his feet. 
Um, and so acknowledging to herself how much she valued his respect and good opinion. And so Margaret's been humbled from her so-called superiority to realising how much she's indebted to Thornton. Um, and so she she knows that she's now degraded and abased in his sight. And she asked this rhetorical question, how was it that he haunted her imagination so persistently? Why did she care for what he thought? What strong feeling had overtaken her at last? And so as a reader, we're beginning to see her love for Thornton, um, although she hasn't really recognised it. By this point, Margaret has carried far too many burdens with her mother's death, Frederick's arrival, Frederick's departure, lying on behalf of Frederick to protect him. Um, and she finally really um, collapses and her father is trying to help her, but she must bear the burden alone. Um, and at the end, when she maybe suggests that they should go to Spain, um, he says that she should go. And she says, who is to take care of you when I'm gone? And Mr. Hale says, I should like to know which of us is taking care of the other. But that's the sad truth of it. She can't just go and see Edith in Corfu. She can't just go and see Frederick in Spain. She has to think about um, her family. Um, and so we're left now with this situation where this complication of Frederick has further created more obstacles between Margaret and Thornton, whilst also drawing them simultaneously closer together. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.